I'm Jake Cornell. I'm a comedian in New York City, and for the past 10 years, I've been living and breathing the restaurant industry. This is a show where I'll be talking to comedians, actors, bartenders, chefs, and restaurant owners about all things going out. We'll talk about restaurants, bars, staying in, drinking, not drinking, and whatever else we want. This is Going Out with Jake Cornell. Do we think I'm hungover? I, no, I'm not hungover. I felt fine earlier. Why is my stomach acting up? During that last episode, I started to like, feel like I was feverish. What if I barf? Maybe you are hungover and it just didn't hit you yet. No, but I was like vaguely hungover this morning. Mm-hmm. I like took care of myself. I felt totally fine. This doesn't feel like a hangover. This actually feels like weird. Huh. Maybe I'm, something you ate. I had a chicken sandwich on the way here. Maybe. I'm going to be so annoyed if I have food poisoning. <sighs> I'm supposed to go to Colonia Verde tonight. What's that? It's a good, it's a really good restaurant in Fort Greene. I hope you don't have food poisoning too. That's the worst. There was one there was one time I had food poisoning. I was walking down the street in New York trying to get home before like everything happened. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like I was like walking slowly cuz I felt so ill but also oh, like God. trying to walk with purpose so I would get home and not have to like barf in the street. Yeah. Yeah. Did you barf in the street? I didn't actually. Damn. I did wait until I got home. Wow. Yeah, I hope this passes. I don't know what this is. I'll be fine. 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 Listener, I will be fine. I think Everybody it's a calm down. Wave of nausea. And it's gonna be fine. I'm gonna go get a ginger kombucha. Perfect. We have kombucha s- upstairs. Do we? We do. Okay, I'm do gonna go get one of those. I don't care if it's ginger or not. Perfect. Cause it's free. That's exactly it. That's free. exactly it. <laughs> I tell myself that a kombucha can fix anything. Yeah. I do think there are certain beverages that are healing. They are. Yeah. One of them is water, which I literally never drink. You have a glass of water in front of you. I know. Right now. This is this is like what I poured myself this morning. That's to like, crazy. Katie, I have you it. need to drink more water. I know, it's bad. Why don't you like drinking water? Because it doesn't taste good. <laughs> it doesn't taste bad though. I know, but it's just like hard to Wait, can I tell you something kind of freaky? Yeah. I got like really, really thirsty at the gym the other day. Um like where I was like, whoa, I really need water. And so I drank from like the bubbler, like the water fountain at the gym, mm-hmm. like which I haven't done, like, you, like the ones you drink out of like in school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Water from a water fountain is delicious. I don't, it's probably lead. Like it's probably lead. Oh, is that what it is? But there's like a metallic coldness to it that is so tasty. I was like crushing water at this water fountain. Yeah, I don't know. I think I ruined myself by getting like addicted to Topo Chico. And now if I don't have water that like burns to drink, like so sparkling that like almost hurts. Yeah. Then like I don't want it. Even (laughs) even, like a bottle of like Essentia? Even a bottle of Essentia. I don't don't know. I've never like thought to have like bottled water really, but. Okay, I love water. I I don't know. I should, it'd be be great if I did. Do you feel hydrated in general? Definitely not, no. Okay, okay. No, no, no. Do you drink other beverages like coffee, juice? Coffee, sparkling water. I just don't drink flat water. Drinking I'm, I'm drinking water apple, counts. like literally a juice box of apple juice right now. Okay, I love that for you. I don't count, I don't delineate sparkling and still. I think that's all water. That still counts as water. But it's not, I learned recently that sparkling water just like is not as hydrating. Is that true? It's Can a, you Google why a re- that's a thing? I don't believe that. I don't either. That pisses me off. I don't either. Maybe that's not true. I hope it's not. They, they, that I makes, really hope that it's not. But I, what I read 
because I was I wrote a piece it's about the like, vodka water, and I was like, I did research to see like is vodka water any more hydrating than a vodka soda? And it turns out yes. But maybe that's just like the interaction between the alcohol. Why did you write a piece on vodka water? Because it's becoming popular. Because I just wanted to like explore like the types of people who drink this. Drink. Yeah, what did you learn? I'm fascinated. I mean, go read the piece before we talk about it, but. Um, <laughs> well, okay, the thing that started it is I was at a friend's birthday party and like her friend's boyfriend, who I don't know, was there. And he was like, the class, like think of a finance bro, like that. Yeah, like the yes. best and everything. Everything. And he ordered a vodka water. And I was just like, you're exactly who I think of when I think yeah. of this drink. So then I interviewed him afterward. I like I like got his number from my friend and That's so girlfriend funny. or whatever and interviewed this guy to talk. Just basically ended up kind of, <laughs> I saw him again afterward. He was not happy with me. I'll just say that. <laughs> because of the article? Mm -hmm. That's He didn't so like how he was portrayed in it. Funny. But Did you use his name? Yeah, I did. <laughs> um, I compared him to American Psycho. Okay, well, that is maybe a valid frustration. Yeah. But I think it was probably also a valid comparison. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I told him that I was going to be making fun of him and asked if he was still fine with me using his name, and he said he didn't care, so. Wow. But then I saw him again, he was kind of like, that was tough. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you get the whether or not it's hydrating? Yeah, so it's... There's an article from Travel and Leisure this year in September that says that the headline is water is not the most hydrating drink after all, study says. It's milk. Fuck off. That's what I say. If Fuck I start that. seeing adult humans drinking cow's milk, you I'm imagine gonna, like, but what at constitutes hydrating? This is what I don't understand. It's it's apparently it says the honor goes to milk. As of twenty fifteen. <laughs> this is not the question we also, asked yeah, you to answer. The, <laughs> Is that while the team found water both still and sparkling does a great job of hydrating people, they also found that it's missing a few key ingredients to really make it work efficiently in the human body. Namely, plain water is missing just a touch of fat, salt, and sugar. So this is like, okay, that's basically saying that like milk is like nature's Pedialyte. Like there's extra yeah. electrolytes and like salt yeah. and sugar. Okay, I hear, okay, okay. Is sparkling <laughs> water... Good for you is what I'm googling because that's what it autocorrects you to. Okay. I mean, imagine being at the gym, everyone's drinking milk. I mean, there's okay. I mean according to why the first option that came up was the ClevelandClinic.org. Um, this says, um, hold on. Sparkling water is just as hydrating as its bubble-free counterpart. So if you're struggling to drink enough water during the day, there's no harm in swapping it with a glass or two of, of no, there's no harm in swapping out a glass or two of still with fizzy stuff. It's okay. just as hydrating. I am hydrated. I'm so hydrated then because I had like four Topo Chico's last night when I came home. <laughs> that's I, I, that's I, expensive. I, I bulk order them. And so it's not that expensive, but it is, it is an addiction. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Healthline says carbonated water. Um, there's no evidence that carbonated water is bad for you. Okay. I think I am probably the most hydrated person alive. Then I take everything back. Yeah, I think we're fine. I think we're <laughs> Psych. fine. Psych. Uh, okay, wait, have you gone out recently? 
Yeah, I went out last night with our this week's guest, actually, funny enough. Um, I went out to Tile Bar, and then we tried. It was actually kind of shocking. We went out to Tile Bar, which was I love. But then Tile Bar closed at midnight. Mm-hmm. And so then we tried to go for one more. We had to try... For those listening, Tile Bar is in the East Village. It's on, what is that, 6th, 7th, and 1st. We had to try three bars before we found a place that was open. Cherry Tavern was closed. Um, Club Coming was closed. We ended up at Niagara, which (laughs) was not, like, not ideal for, like, anyone. But I was, like, (laughs) I guess, I mean, like, it was a a Wednesday in the East Village. I just thought, like, there'd be more 2 a.m. options. Yeah. I don't need a four. Um... Mr. Paradise, really Mr. Paradise was open and looked kind of quiet, but at that point we were looking for like a divey vibe, and so they, I was, I was vetoed on going to Mr. Paradise. Mm-hmm. Niagara was fine. We had one beer and then we got the car home. Yeah, that's annoying though. It was really strange, but Niagara overall it was a very a, fun night out. It's a vibe out. to end a night at. I haven't been to Niagara in years. Actually, no, that's not true. I actually went to Niagara recently to meet a friend for a drink, but like it's not normal for me to go there. Um, yeah, I feel like the last time I was there was like I was an intern and. Somebody groped me and then I left. Yeah, I'm sorry that happened to you. Okay. That's probably that's the type of it thing that dead. happens. At I Niagara. think the only reason I don't I, maybe <laughs> everywhere was closing early because it was like dead in the East Village that night. Like that's everywhere weird. was chill. Huh. Like Tile Bar was chill. Uh, also, Tile Bar, great bar, great bar. Um, jukebox. Very good jukebox there. Um, do you have like a neighborhood haunt? Like, where do you get a drink? If, have we talked about this yet? Like, if I'm just, like, running if you out in somewhere? Like a, yeah, in the East Village. I'm still, like, to me, I know you have, like, you're, you like having, like, your spot. Like, yeah, very they know you Or not, like, I don't need one, but I just like being familiar with places. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, for me, I like to try a new place every time. So I don't really have, like, that one go-to or that anything. Makes sense. But I just, last night was at Martini's, finally. You know, Martini's with a Y? No. Um, You know Angel Share, that place? Yes. That, okay, so that closed, and one of the previous owners of that opened this place, Martini's. It's like speakeasy-esque, right? Like it's kind of behind something. Yeah. It's like the door looks like not like a, yeah, you, it doesn't, it's not quite obvious where it is necessarily. Um, but they were the ones that are, that they were serving like mini martinis with these little wooden hands that had caviar bumps yeah, on them. And that started this. that trend or whatever. And I don't know, I just had seen it all over social media. And I was meeting with a publicist last night and she was like, oh, I got a re- reservation there course I had to get the caviar with the martini. How was? So good. I, I mean, it lived up to the hype. It was I also just that. like such a well-made martini. Yeah. It, like it was so good. It was, I, it was the perfect temperature. It was like, cause like, you know, when they're like, obviously they need to be very cold, but like, wasn't like so cold. That it was like a freezer martini that didn't taste like anything. Sure. I do like that sometimes, but I know what you mean. Yeah. No, but it had like I don't know. I thought it was like a very well balanced martini, really good. I hear what you're saying. Because it's rare saying. that I order a like a martini with a twist, but that's how they were serving them. Oh, that's the only way I order martinis. Oh, really? Yeah. I like it with olives. I mean, I'll take it with olives. But like I'm always gonna pick twist. Hmm. I love lemon. I love lemon. <gasps> I love lemon everything. Lemon desserts. Oh. Lemon meringue. How was your Thanksgiving? My Thanksgiving was great. It was literally so much food, so much eating. Was it so your family drinking. or your boyfriend's? Mine. My boyfriend so. came with my family this year because we do it. We do it better. <laughs> His family is more like they cater it, you know. Sure. We we cook everything, and um, I always make the mashed potatoes because I 
I just like squishing potatoes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I actually made them a different way this year. Like I roasted the whole head of garlic and then like, you know what I mean? Like when you, yeah, when you like wrap I it hate, in foil. I like, no, no, I don't hate that. Like, I like, <laughs> that's great. But people on TikTok are obsessed with doing that and then popping it into the camera. Like it's a zit and I hate that. Okay. Yeah. No, but that was what I did into my mashed potatoes. And I'm sure it was really fucking but good. But I didn't pop it like a zit. I <sighs> promise. <laughs> um, I love that. Um, so overall successful. Overall successful. Although one thing that I did find out, um, that, you know, I, I love my boyfriend so much and I think we have a future, but he told me his favorite Thanksgiving side is cranberry sauce. And that really made me question things. That's, that is strange. Right? The only thing that cranberry sauce is really important for is the sandwich, like the next day sandwich. I know. But I don't really, it's I like also- Also the one thing that's never homemade. Like that's the thing you buy always. I know. Also on my mom's side of the family, which is who I did Thanksgiving with this year, I kind of like have always been like subconsciously aware of this, but this year I was really like, oh, like we've never been like a food family, which is weird because my family eats a lot. Like we are a food centric family, but no one on my mom's side of the family are cooks. Like I am a cook. I cook right. a lot. Did you cook for your family this year? No, because I just, no, because like it, it by the time- that conversation would even come up. Like my aunts and my uncle, my aunt, my uncle and my mom and my other aunt, like they've all kind of planned everything. And I'm sort of just like showing up. Like it's not really part of, like I would maybe yeah. do it, but like the food this year was really chaotic and like <laughs> not, it, it was not our best Thanksgiving showing. Not the I would best say. showing. Did but you have good drinks at least? It was a lot of wine. It was a lot, so lot of wine. wine. It was a lot of wine. My um, sister-in-law would be like, is it one? I guess it's time for our first glass. Like, I know, it's ridiculous. It's just like, on, I feel like on Thanksgiving, like it starts at lunch. It just goes until the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, the holidays <laughs> are always like that. Like I always joke that like every day, like every, like there's the most unifying moment on Christmas is where everyone in America looks at the clock thinking it's 3 a.m. and it's 8.30. <laughs> like that's Christmas day. Yes, it is a slow, a slow day. It just like time drags. Yeah. Um, Do you guys have any like family traditions for the holidays though that are that you look forward to? I mean, I'm famously like kind of a Scrooge. I'm not the biggest holiday I person. Know. I'm not the biggest holiday person. There's no, and I think just by way of the family, like divorce, like there's not, I wouldn't say there's like traditions really. Like, I guess the only big one is that like my, if my, on Christmases where my sister and I are with my mom, she still, my mom still really likes like wrapping the presents and the two different wrapping papers, like one's my wrapping paper, one's Maddie's and like Aww. stuffing the stockings and like doing that. Cute. It's And it's also great because like, especially the stocking is just stuffed with like toiletries for me for the next like six months. Like it's so sick. It's like face washes, deodorants. The like best. she's really good. At, my mom's a very, very good gift giver. Mm -hmm. um, and so like opening presents with my sister on Christmas morning on the mo my mom's Christmas years, I would say is, I guess we do it not on Christmas day, but on a different day on our non, cause like we alternate, like this year is like my dad has Christmas. So like we'll okay. do Christmas with my dad. Um, that's like and your so, little, your new little sibling, right? I mean, she's, she'll be almost four, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, in my mind, it's like literally an infant. <laughs> no, totally. Born. And then the other one is that my step family on my, my stepdad's family, the, I don't need to say the last name. I'm really saying, um, <laughs> they, they do the Italian seven fishes on Christmas Eve. So like 
my aunt Kathy makes like a fucking bomb clam sauce. So like if I'm is in- Is it actually, I'm stupid, but like, is it actually seven different types of fish? <sighs> I or think is that it just like- is. Okay. They, Cause they make like clam, they make like linguine clams, they make bacala. There's probably other, I don't know if they quite get seven, but there's like a good number of different fish options. I think there's like Italians a big scallops maybe. Yeah. So the, do you eat seafood? Yeah, you eat yeah. sushi. Yeah, yeah. Um, Linguine with clams is one of my favorite foods. So oh, good. that's my that's like my death row meal potentially is linguine and clams. It's also like the easiest thing to make. Like I, I started making it because it's so like easy. it looks impressive kind of if you don't know how easy it is because it's like it's not just like okay you put like red sauce on it you know no. like it looks like okay that's like a fancy meal. No, but, but it's it so simple. There's minutes. so much flavor in the clams. So good. Um, so I guess that's sort of also a tradition is the that family. Christmas Eve party, I love but like not a ton. Are you guys really tradition focused? Do you guys have a lot of traditions? Not really. I mean, we do you do Christmas. We do Hanukkah right. sort of, but, but honestly, which this is kind of sad, but like we're all spread out. So the only time of year where we're actually all together is Thanksgiving. Okay. So for us, like, and that's been the way it is since like I was probably in high school because my siblings are older. And so I feel like now like the tradition is just like, us literally all being together for like the one time a year where we're, where we're all together. And like, I don't know, it, it's interesting now. Cause like the dynamics are like, everyone's so excited and happy to be That's together, really nice. which is yeah. like, you know, I, I sometimes am like envious of people that live closer to their families, but there is something really nice where it's like, this is the one time we're doing it. We're actually like really appreciative of it. I never get to see my siblings. So yeah. That's where do your siblings live? Um, one of them lives in, um, San Francisco and one of them, one of them lives in Salt Lake city. Oh yeah. That's far. Yeah. That makes sense. So, but it, so that's really our main thing. And we did like a fake little version of Hanukkah, like during Thanksgiving, because we're not going to be together for like the actual holiday. Right. Um, so that means my mom made latkes and we drank wine and gave each other presents. Nice. nice. I love that. Yeah. I love giving gifts. It's like my favorite thing. Yeah, my mom is so good at it and I really envy her skill level at it. So I've been trying to get better about it as I get older. And I think as also the more money I have, the easier it'll get. And I know that that's not true. You can like be more thoughtful and make gifts, but like it is easier to buy, get good gifts when you have more money. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> my mom is an incredible gift giver and I do like giving gifts. I just get, it. my thing is if I can't think of what the perfect gift is, I don't want to give you anything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's the oldest sibling in you. And for me as the youngest, I'm like, they're just going to be happy that I showed up with something. Sure. <laughs> my sister really takes the reins with gifts every year and we just split everything. And so I mostly for Christmas shopping just have to like complete her Venmo charges, which is a very privileged. For a while, that's how in. one of my siblings was with me. Like I was the one that just did everything. But this year they were so mad at me because oh my, my boyfriend and I went in on the gifts Fair. and they were like, you traitor. I mean, I'd be pissed, but I wouldn't <laughs> understand. I'd be pissed though. They understood, but like they were kind of pissed. No, I'd be mad. That's so funny. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I'm excited for the, I'm trying to not, I'm trying to be less of a Scrooge. Like I've always been a Scrooge. I'm trying to lessen it up this year, mm -hmm. but I don't know. Like I can't imagine what it would be like to like actually do Christmas on Christmas. Like I know that sounds weird, but I've never done that before. So like- What do you normally do on Christmas Day? Do you guys do like the Chinese and We movies? sometimes order in Chinese food. I've spent some Christmases with my boyfriend's family, but they don't like do anything for Christmas. Like yeah. they don't do like, there's not like anything Christmassy about it. They're just together sure. or whatever. But so I've never like done the whole like, like what you said, like stockings and stuff. Like that's yeah. so cute. That, I know. I don't know. It I is cute. And I do enjoy the Christmas morning part, which sounds shitty because it's obviously you're getting presents, but like- 
That's joyful. Yeah. I also, five minutes after we finished opening presents last year, as you may remember, if you listen to this podcast, tested positive for COVID-19. So that was an incredible moment in history. Um, Oh my God. But yeah, Christmas has like never been my, my, it's, it's just such an oppressive holiday. Like the amount of like, like Christmas music, like I don't like you were oh just forced God. to hear it so much and like consume so much Christmas stuff. And it's, there are it's so much worse where I'm from, like in the south. Oh, totally. It is. First of all, Christmas starts like in yeah. late September. Yeah. Like it's actually it's so upsetting. But also, as you said, it's so oppressive. It's the so mall Santas. It's too much. They come out in. I, where do they? What do they do the rest of the year? You think? I don't know. I because really don't. This is what I think. I'm like. They're obviously like, this is like a gig or whatever, but right. do you think that they like, they're repeat Santas? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. That they're like doing it every year or yeah. is it just like, okay. I think so. I think if you got it, I think if you're a mall and you got a good Santa, you're calling him back year after year. <laughs> Why not? Notice, wait, did you watch the Lindsay Lohan Christmas movie? Not yet. Should I? It's like, it's worth watching. I mean, like, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I'm a big fan. It's like comically not good, but like she's great in it. Mm-hmm. But the, the Santa in it is like terrifying. He is so scary. I thought you were gonna say hot. No, no, <laughs> he is profoundly frightening. Okay, that's that checks out. Actually, yeah. it's a very straight. <laughs> it's a very strange. It movie. reminds me. Wait, what was the movie? The Holiday. Did you see that one? Who's in that? Emma Roberts. But I no. I think that it ha- it they seem like they have the same energy. Where it's like her and Lilo. No, just like the movies, oh. the, the two movies, they seem like a very similar situation where it's like, interesting. I don't know, like shitty holiday movie with like a female star people like. Sure. I, don't know. I do have some holiday movies I love and I will watch those. Which ones do you like? Family Stone. Never seen. <gasps> Katie, what? you need to watch The Family Stone. Okay. It's incredible. I like The Holiday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cameron Diaz. I like A Christmas Story on TV, like 24 Hours of Christmas Story on TBS. I do enjoy that. That might be it. There's probably other Christmas movies I'm forgetting, but those are big Trading ones for places. me. It's mine. Okay, respect. <laughs> I was like- The scene where he puts the salmon in the Santa beard <laughs> is, you know, very And I, I feel like, I know that Christmas Vacation is funny. I just haven't seen it that many times. I've never seen it. Um, I know. I haven't really seen any of the Christmassy Christmas movies. <laughs> sure. I've seen the ones that like, it happens to be Christmas Family's, in the background of That's the actually very Family Stone. You should okay. watch Family Stone immediately. Okay. Cause it's more about just like a family, but like Christmas is the reason that they're all coming home. But like, okay, it's, perfect. it's not really, it's, it's actually like barely a Christmas movie. I would say. Did you ever see four Christmases? Is that the, um, <laughs> the Vince Vaughn one with I think? Reese Witherspoon? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I did not see that. I, when I was a kid watched it and I was like, is this what Christmas is? Oh my God. <laughs> That's so funny. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh and I God. like the Grinch. I like the animated Grinch. That was huge in my family. Oh, that, that one's good. That, that one's, one's good. huge. And yeah. like, I, obviously this is, everybody loves Elf, right? Like, yeah, I like Elf. Elf is great. The, the new Ryan Reynolds. I heard it's good. Are you, are you serious? Like someone told me it was good. Oh my God. My family and I tried to watch it and like, we are very easily entertained people. Like I never turn off a movie. Like even I mean, if it's. It was turned off. It was terrible. Like we okay. couldn't get through it. Damn. But that sucks. Cause it was a musical and like, it truly didn't need to be. Yeah. And it that shouldn't have been. Okay. That sounds like a struggle. There was, there was way too much of the musicalness with like two main actors who aren't particularly great singers. Okay. Um, Interesting. So, but I, you should watch it and then come back and give me your opinion. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. 
everyone go watch that movie and we'll, we'll talk about it on the next episode. <laughs> We're going to have to talk about Christmas more because it's a whole thing this month. This episode is, I feel like I say the same thing every time. I'm like, this episode is so fun. Like I just brought into this like horrible cadence, but this episode is with one of my dear friends who I got even closer with. We did Edinburgh Fringe together and we just like, she was really one of my rocks out there. Um, this is such a fun episode. I say that every time too. I really need to change it up. It but is, we went out last night. We had a great time. Um, she is an incredible comedian. She's an absolute star. If you ever have a chance, go see her, her solo show, A Woman on the Verge. Um, please enjoy me going out with Hannah Pilkus. Um, how are you? I'm good. I just had like a vicious coughing attack. I saw. Because I inhaled a piece of lint that was sort of lodged in my inhaler. <laughs> besides that, I'm I'm good. I, I it was kind of fun to dress autumnal today. Yeah, you you looked at me. You're the green the green is it a turtleneck? I'm not, it's a green turtleneck. It looked incredible. Thank you. It looked I can't wear turtlenecks. And so Really? Why? I think that you need to I think that I just think I have I'm a little too broad and I don't think I have the right ratio of neck length to shoulder width. Interesting. You know what I think that might be? It might be one of those things that you've like dubbed so that Absolutely. the outside eye would not like I feel like you would look great in turtlenecks. But again, <sighs> I can't for example But I'm like I'm, I haven't tried one on in probably a decade. Well there you go. Okay. I just try one. I mean, like you've said yourself, people are hot in sweaters. Like people are maybe, hot in sweaters. I think a turtleneck is very hot. Because it really makes me wonder what's underneath there. Absolutely. A neck? <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually, sh something's happening this winter where I'm experiencing, like, I'm, I hate the cold. I always complain mm -hmm. about the cold. I'm a summer boy. Yeah. I normally am not this cold this early. Yeah. I'm struggling this. It's not even winter yet. Well, I'm it was abrupt. It was abrupt and it was harsh. And I'm normally yeah. like have a little bit more constitution about me, but it, yeah. I was like, I was really fucking cold. So yeah. I'm a little bit nervous. So I'm thinking maybe I lean into like a sweater scarf moment. A sweater scarf. It's also been really confusing be because the world's on fire. Like you can't tease me with a 70 degree night and then the next no. day have the harshest day of winter. Like it, yeah, it cuts through you. The night before I was dancing on a rooftop yeah. and I knew I thought this is bad, yes. you know, and th I know what this is bad. Were you dancing on? Oh, it was a really weird roof. Greg and I, my husband, whoa, husband. There you go. Um, I haven't said that a lot. Congratulations. And thank you. We, we were like, let's just be spontaneous. It was, a, it was a three story place. They played reggaeton on the first floor, hip hop on the second floor. And the third floor was just all hookah. <laughs> and it was the craziest looking place. I mean, it was just, where was it? Um, <coughs> Lower East Side. Okay. Um, but I loved the energy in there. It was so fun. And we were like, we have to be outside because tomorrow it's over. Tomorrow it's over. So we really tried to soak it up for as long as we could. Absolutely. Did you do any of the New York Comedy Fest like parties? Did you go to any of the parties? No. Not healthy. Did you? I went to my agency's party and that's okay. it. But it was, I was fun. But I was like, I felt like all the people I know, I feel like a lot of the, I feel like the industry people go to the parties more than like the talent. I really didn't even know that was a thing. And I, I did four I, shows. I mean, not my own. I did, I did one of my own. I did three shows too. Well, I did three shows, but the, I felt like all my friends who are like managers, they were like, I'm so tired. And I was like, what's happening? Cause I don't really feel like New York comedy Fest is like a thing on my end. Like I oh, did shows. 1, I also don't think they promote that stuff really to the performers. I think that that is for all the people to schmooze with each other that are yeah. going to the shows. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. I also never, I mean, maybe this is bad on my end, but I wasn't like, I have to invite industry to my New York comedy festival. I, did not, I just didn't think I to. I did not know. That's not, not because really... of New York comedy festival or anything. I'm just, I'm not good at that stuff. I'm not. No. I'm like, they'll find me. Well, <laughs> they'll follow yeah. the wind. Also, if I know who's in the audience, I'll do bad. 
But that's very true. I'll do that. It has to be a surprise that a yeah. very important person was there. And Lord knows that's happened to me, but I prefer <laughs> it to be a surprise. Yeah. Or if someone tells me they're going, I say, no, they're not. And I put it, I put the message away. It's so true. I wish that I could do showcases and not know they were showcases. That, like if JFL was a secret. And oh yeah, if like, JFL huh? was just in a backyard, <laughs> I would have gotten JFL 10 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. It was just for my close friends. And that's actually... I'm I'm disproving my point because a lot of people can be funny in the backyard. I think the whole point is that yeah, you have yeah. to be funny in a showcase <laughs> setting. And evidently, I cave under pressure. No. <laughs> so I've only seen you ever thrive. Uh, yeah, because you haven't been at a showcase, babe. <laughs> well, I bombed mine. Don't worry. Uh, what is that? You what, know what is that? I for me, it's I hate being. Um, I don't like the feeling of competition among performers. Totally. I want to be at a show being like you and you and not being like you and well, you. To- you know what? You're so right. I mean, that's really why I love the New York comedy scene so much is that as soon yeah. as I got here, I felt really welcomed with open arms and it felt really like 100%. tons of camaraderie and everyone just hanging out and supporting each other and all just feeling like peers. And I think it's Did inherently- it feel less like that in LA? It doesn't feel less like that. Okay. I just was there for so many years that there right. was a built-in community. Yeah. Here, I was completely- fish out of water, you know, had done comedy, but didn't know where, what were the cool rooms and what were the, and everyone was like, hop on my show. But I think it goes against what we're all kind of like programmed to want to do that, to pit us against each other in that way. Like, it's like, that's the industry side that we don't want to have to deal with. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. No, that's so true. Wait. So, okay. So you moved to New York a little bit, like a year ago, like a year and a half ago. Yeah. But it's been a lot of back and forth. Yeah. A lot of back and forth. Yeah. Were you much of a going outer in LA? My 20s were going out, like, a lot. Yeah. I really liked to go out. Um, I still like to go out, but... Yeah, we've had very We've had really... Days. Yeah, in Edinburgh, and my 20s... I mean, I'm 30 now, so I feel like... I love to drink, not, not to like, not get fucked up, but I love the taste of a good cocktail. I love a good wine. I love a, so, and I love like a flirty cocktail at a flirty fun place. I'm all, I'm an ambiance bitch with the magazine. That place was huge for me. Oh, I mean, when you introduced me to that, I'm like, well, this is where we should have been the whole time. Some guilty thing that I do is I'm so a person of convenience that I would, even though I I'm like an ambiance slut, I'll end up at the place on the corner. That's just whatever, because I can walk to it. I like, it's so funny because I, I actually feel like some of the most value, I think I learned a lot about myself as an actor in Edinburgh, but I also think what some of the most valuable things I learned about Edinburgh or learned while I was in Edinburgh were about like myself as a person. Like mm. I realized how central it is to me. Like, do you remember how I was obsessed with that place, Kate's? Yes. I realized like, oh, it's actually really central to like me as a person to have like a coffee shop or a place to go where like I know the people who work there and I can like get a smile totally. and a little treat for myself and like start my day that way. Like yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, that's like actually like paramount to my mental health. And like, yeah, I just moved and like we're working. And on you it. found Did, that immediately. 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 I it's think like I had to. I love that you know that about yourself because I think a lot of people like I think that I need that. I'm super yeah. ADD and I'm a super, especially as someone that's going back and forth a lot. I think what would have made my experience more rooted and grounded would have been to seek out the places that are my like staples. Yeah, I don't think I found Kate's until like the second or third week and then I was like, yeah. well, I have to come here every morning and that's what's going to make me feel better. And yeah, it did. it's like your and anchor. I, and then House of the Gods. I think that's what it was called, House of the Gods. That God. place was so chic. That was like the third or fourth week that I found that and I was like, well, I need to come here at least once a week. Like, yeah. 
grounding, nice, mm-hmm. not quite completely separate from the festival and just like you and one other person at a cute, chic little table. Yeah. Getting martinis like that. I totally, that. I, you know what? I seek out friendships like that though. I seek out the person that will introduce me to the cool thing because if it's up to me, the number of birthdays that I have panicked, <laughs> caved under pressure and invited people to like a black hole wait, where wait, nobody can sit. This year? Uh, case in point, I don't even remember what it was called, but it was some place where no one could sit. It was so crowded. I remember you everyone like, was in the dark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got there and I was like, "This is a big mistake." I don't. I really and everyone was an acquaintance at that point too, Wait, so it's not to, like you're gonna die. <sighs> I after my show on Saturday, my solo show, uh, <laughs> I this was so fucking funny. I hope they don't listen to this. Okay, so after my solo show on Saturday, I went out with Melissa and Millie for a quick drink. Okay. And Millie was like, oh, like my friends are having a birthday party at this bar. And it's like two stand-ups who I'm friendly with. That were So it was like a bunch of comedians for a birthday party. Yeah. We walk up to the bar and I, okay, so like to be... I did not fully understand at the beginning that we were going to that bar because the, the comedians were having a birthday party there. It's also just like the nearest bar to where my show is at the tiny cupboard. Yeah. And this bar is near the tiny cupboard. And it right. was just like, it's the only bar I know in that area. Right. So I was like, oh yeah, like, let's just go there. Like, that's the bar I know. We walk there. What I knew about that bar that I don't think Melissa or Millie knew was that this bar is a pup bar. Like for gay men who are into like latex and pup play. What's pup play? So it's mm, okay. Ha, can you Google pup play and get the actual definition? It's, is it bad that I don't know what pup play no, is? No, it's kind of new on the scene. Well, okay. no, I think it's been doing for a while, but it's getting big. Is but it's because like, I'm like thinking gay like men, dogs. Yeah, so it is gay men who pretend to be um, like a furry. But it's leather. Like, the, can you pull? Can you Google? I want Hannah to get the images. So there's not fur. It's less mascots. It's like more hide. N- they're like these hard leather dog masks. Do you have them pulled up? Oh wow! And you'll see. So that is sort of what we're working with. Okay. Do you see this? And then the, so is that person like super dominant? No, I think they are, they pretend to be like the other guy's like dog, and they'll like oh, nuzzle and like sometimes okay. walk around on leashes. And I think sometimes interesting. And then I think they'll also sometimes both be a dog, and it's sort of like. Rough house in the way dogs rough house. Okay, got it. I got it. But very primal, very, but also thing. like, I'm your pet, do what you want with me kind of There's thing. There's like training, Interesting. obedience elements to it. I think I've, I have like no personal draw to it, but no judgment of Can it. Can I ask how like new kink, like, is there like a marketing team behind uh, the pup kink? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, how is it like, it's new, it's newly emerging. I mean, I'm sure it's been around, but. You know, how do we get introduced to these new? I don't. That's actually such a good question. I mean, I think the internet is so huge for that. Yeah. I think the internet is huge, but I don't I know. I bet TikTok had something to do with I it. I wonder, well, what I would be curious about is what, the, like, because, like, I don't know that putt play is new. I just think it might be, like, newly popular. Totally. But I'm sure it's been around since, like, at least the 90s or 80s, I would guess. Totally. But I'm like, what are the actual new kinks? Like, do you know what I mean? Right. I would argue in straight culture, there's no kinks. <laughs> I'm not, and that's why I don't partake. No, but there, uh, are, there are kinks. Like, there's like guys who like to watch their wives get fucked. True. That's a big one. Is that a kink? I would say, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anything that's like a sub thing that you could Google within a porn site, I guess, is a kink. Yeah. I guess when something becomes widespread enough, it is no longer a kink. But you have to remember, like, we're hmm. New York-pilled. So, like, that would still shock the fuck out of someone in Kansas. Oh, 1,000%. Do you know what I, mean? I don't know. I, I, I imagine in L.A. there's a pl- plenty of places, pup places. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so we get to this okay, bar. Okay, so you get to this place. And it is filled to the gills. 
with men in full latex bodysuits and or dressed as leather dogs. Wow. Nuzzling on each other, making out with each other, like rubbing each other on top of this thing. I'm like, God bless it. Yeah. Melissa is also in full body latex, just coincidentally. Just because, because, like, no, because she's like, literally, she was like, well, I match. Like, it was actually so fucking funny. That is the least surprising thing I've ever heard. She's always on the pulse. <laughs> she's the most cosmopolitan person I've ever but met. Then, look at me. Two tables in the middle of this with reserved for these two stand up comics names. <laughs> Who, and they God have, bless them. And they have. No idea that this is what this bar is. And I know that. I'm like, they don't I know these two people. Oh, they haven't gotten there yet. No. That is I'm there first. So funny. So I was like, I'm staying until five minutes after they arrive. And then I have plans. <laughs> and I watched one of the stand-ups get there and he was like, I didn't know it was gonna be this. <laughs> he was like, Yeah, um, I don't know what to do. And I was like, God bless. Like that's so did they stay? I don't know. I actually need to text Millie and get the follow-up, but I thought it was so I thought they might have chosen that either because that was, you know, they were, that was their thing or, you know. He goes, he gets there and he's like, this seems like, he was like, I don't think we were told this was happening. And Millie goes, maybe it's just ending. And he goes, no, I asked. They said it's just starting. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? (laughs) I hope they stayed at least a while. I mean, I hope that they didn't, I do, like, unfortunately, I do think a group, a, a birthday party full of comedians will kill literally any sexual vibe. That's what I was gonna, that's so the I, only thing is I like. I want the pups to have their pup play party. Totally, and then the the comics to have their bits time. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it's easier to relocate one of those groups than another. So yeah. let's get the comics to a new bar, is my Right, thought. you, and also if the comics become the majority, then they're making fun of the thing. But if they're, if there's just a couple of them, then they have to embrace what's well, happening. Mauled. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so Giddy that. Up. <laughs> So that is, that was like a really joyous experience. Wow. Yeah. So I think I've now witnessed one of the best. I would absolutely have something like that happen. Yeah. Where it's like, it was so, which is funny because I have such an obsessive personality when it comes to um, like getting an Airbnb. I will find the most perfect, gorgeous accommodations for myself. Like I have chosen some iconic places for trips. When you did your little post Edinburgh. Oh, I found, you know, this carriage house in the middle of the countryside. And, but I think when it suddenly is about, uh, a, a group of people, I panic. It's Absolutely. like it's like you're in charge of the iPod. <laughs> Pretend we also have iPods. You're in Box charge of the court, music, yeah, yeah. you know, in the passenger seat. Th- then I have. Then I'm like, have I ever once listened to a good song? <laughs> you know. So I think that's what happens. Did that make planning your wedding fucking hell? No, because again, that was like this is for us, yeah, and totally. you know, if there's one place that I'm, if we're gonna spend any money, it's gonna be a reflection of because inviting everybody to come to a bar, it's no sweat off my back. Like if I had to put money behind a party, totally. it's gonna be my aesthetic, which is Jim Henson fever dream. <laughs> yeah, and you nailed your wedding. It was horny awesome. Jim Henson meets the great. Yeah. yeah, and it went flawlessly. You nailed it. It really was great. I'm so happy for you with that. Um, but yeah, I, I know what my taste is. I just, especially when I'm in. I think I would do really well with having places that are comforting to me, like a good cafe or a good, but my oh. ADD will actually fight against that. And I will never go to the same place <laughs> and I'll go to like really? 20 cafes in a week. Yeah. Interesting. Even though it would probably really be really grounding. I didn't realize that ADD like affected, like, I don't think I have ADD. I feel like Instagram is constantly telling me that I'm like autistic and have ADHD <laughs> or not Instagram, TikTok, but I don't think I am ADD, but I thought ADD was like, losing track of like specific finite tasks, but didn't realize it would affect like not going to the same place twice. But I, I guess it could have infiltrate everything. I mean, I think like I have this gorgeous cocktail of ADD and anxiety and like a little peppering of depression that I Absolutely. think- Absolutely. 
causes me to act like impulsively and erratically sometimes. But actually what my brain thrives off of is like a fundamental routine. Uh, but it's hard for me in like the line of work we do where we're traveling a ton <laughs> where I constantly have to like redefine what home is. So I think like that's when I, it all kind of runs amok. Uh, yeah. But when I can get into a good pattern is when I do best. The problem is that's just not how my creativity goes. Like I, I, it's the, the coal strikes hot at like 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. is when I'm like, oh, great, guess I have to write now. No, it's, yeah. It sucks. I am realizing that it takes, I need like, five hours of downtime for like 20 minutes of work. I need yeah. to like walk around doing nothing for five hours, have 20 minutes where it all hits and I write the whole thing in like 25 minutes. Oh yeah, I know. And there's such judgment around that, even though it's like the thing got done regardless, but it's yeah. like, why could I not have? And I know for a fact that if I had sat in front of the computer for all five of those hours and and cranked something out, like, like word by word being like, you have to write this, it would have been bad. Oh, 1000%. So it's like you, I, yeah. I'm, I think that's why I'm saying it right now is because I'm trying to like, just like, like, that is the process. Like, that is my process. And everyone's is different. Yeah. Do you know how many times I've Googled people that are famous that sleep late sometimes? <laughs> so that I'm like, okay, well, if Robert Downey Jr. slept till 10 that one time, then I'm okay. <laughs> what a random person to say. Um, but like, you know, I know. Well, and you know what I would argue? I've never, have you ever been in like a strictly like a corporate? job. No, I don't know. But I imagine if I had my computer monitor and I had like, okay, I have to do these three tasks, but there's also like Google and online shopping and all these things. I bet that's happening all the time. A hundred percent. They're like doing a wordle while they're, you know? Yeah. I think that a lot of that's happening. I can't imagine there's not, I don't think that like, like Charlie Barty once said, like he was like, it takes eight hours a day. You're at the office eight hours a day to do two hours of work. Totally. I've, and I, maybe that wasn't like an original quote from me. Maybe that's just like a corporatism, but like that, I would have to imagine that's what it is. Well, also something like coming up with a joke or writing material or a pitch or a script or whatever. It's not like an A to B thing. No. You're having to conceptualize, think of something, choose the best, revise it later. Like the amount of times I've just revision is there's nothing to me more exhausting than revision of something because oh, it's, I hate really you like doing that. I think the most exhaustive part is the initial synthesis. Interesting. I think I can easier get something on the page then I can revisit no. it and rewrite it. I'll rewrite it 10 times once it's written but writing on the blank page is like I feel like I'm on fire in a bad way. <laughs> wow. I hate it. Okay. The, what, what do you think that is? Like is there like the perfectionism in you or? I think it's the perfectionism the fear that it's bad mm-hmm. and also like yeah I like immediately I struggle with like um I struggle with thinking too big picture too fast and too like far down the line too fast. Yeah. So it's like when I'm just right, which is I think why honestly, I think that's why TikTok was initially so huge for me because it was literally just like idea to video. That's it. Yeah, totally. No longer game involved. Yep. Whereas like when you're writing a script, it's like you can't actually be thinking about production when you write it. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, I like, mean, it's so funny. When I was making videos all the time, I couldn't possibly be do- writing the other stuff at the same time. I've learned about my brain that it's it's one or the other. Yeah, I love same. the immediacy of the online stuff, but then there's not the same feeling of like, oh, 100%. writing a script or writing something from start to finish, yeah, revising it. That's and why then- I haven't been writing. I, that's why I wasn't making videos for so long yeah. is because- I was working on scripts and now that I have scripts due, I'm making videos again to distract myself. <laughs> I know that this cycle continues. It's so bad. Oh yeah. Um, what, yeah. Uh, I really identify with that feeling. Though. I know it's wait. So how do you feel that having like that ADD ness? Do you think that has affected how you go out or was going, we're going out in your twenties? 
Oh, 1000% in ways that I didn't know until I went to therapy in my late twenties to, to combat some of the things I would do. Did you not go to therapy until your late twenties? I, I kind of was in and out. Um, I had like eating things when I was much younger and like was very involved in therapy then. And like, God bless it. It saved me for sure. And then I think I was like, I'm good. And then it was like, no, but the last couple of years I really like redevoted myself to it. I mean, maybe like peak end of lockdown feeling like I'd like to address some of these things that have kind of just been sort of like dormant and then would pop up randomly like erratic behavior or acting impulsively or, um, which apparently are super ADD things to do. Uh, so with going out and stuff, like I think not knowing when to call it or, or being really like sitting for two hours and not getting ready and then showing up like an hour late to a thing. Yeah. Uh, I was like, oh shit, you can't, this isn't cute anymore. It, when you're 25 and you're just like, <laughs> I'm a little pixie. <laughs> Everyone's like, it's okay. Like once she's here, she's the best. But I was like, I don't want to be that person, totally. you know? Um, and also just like being able to have the foresight to check in with yourself. Like, oh, tomorrow's a big day. I don't need to. I feel like like self judge like judgment making better judgment calls was didn't come to me naturally with the ADD stuff. So I think in therapy it was like I don't know forward thinking a bit more, planning a bit more. And so yeah. as as it pertains to going out, being like okay, this you can't have a late night tonight. You just physically right. can't. You're someone that needs a shit ton of sleep. I really do. Wait, I need like nine shit? to ten That's hours tough. of sleep. Wow. It sucks. I don't always get that, but yeah. I am groggy as fuck without it. It's wow. cr- and I've always been that way. How did you get through Scotland? That must um, have been crazy. When I'm going on adrenaline and and coffees and whatever. Um, I'm okay, okay, but I still got decent. I would just sleep into the afternoon. I guess that's actually true. Is it was I was sleeping like eight hours, but it was sleeping like four to two or something I mean, yeah. crazy or like something crazy. It was, yeah. you know, if anything, I thrived in an environment like that because everybody had my sleep schedule for the first time. Yeah, that's actually true. My sleep schedule was so crazy there. I'm not. Oh, everyone's was. It's like it's just because you don't you can't shut your brain down when everyone's ending at different times and then we all no, want to like process everyone's it together. processing I'm, you're processing one pint of adrenaline every yeah. day and then yeah. also fucking the sun doesn't go down till 11 o'clock so you're like right I, I know you're like why would I go home you're like should we get dinner and someone's like it's 1am it's also like, like I do best with a treat system like if I've had a hard day of work and if you're doing a show every day I'm like well I need an Aperol spritz to wind down oh, I mean <laughs> the way I was if the show wasn't incredible the way I was sprinting for a beer I was like <laughs> I need a treat I need a treat no but if the treat. show was incredible I'm like and I also need that beer <laughs> absolutely because I did that thing it was like so it, like it was, and it wasn't even fiending for alcohol. It was like my treat. I need oh a no, treat. a treat. It's, treat. it's the treat. social element. Yes. I, my ADD, I'm also like a deep, deep extrovert. So going out is important to me. Like I need those dinners to check in with people yeah. and I need, I, I really, really get my energy. My like energy source is a lot of my external is yeah. like community is other people is, um, which I get that from doing shows a lot of the time, but I also really like my like one-on-one time going out with people where so I can. So essential. Getting older, the one-on-one has become like, I might favor that over the group setting more often Same. than not. Yeah. Same or like a three person. Three or four. Yeah. A, a really a nice intimate dinner that I sure I, let's all have a lot of drinks, yeah. but it's not that I want to drink less now. It's just that I do get overwhelmed in an enormous party setting. I'm like, where do I even begin? I know. I know. Like I, and I, something I've noticed is I think I've started, I think I've started unconsciously drinking a little bit more 
that I should be or want to in group settings because I am finding them a little more overwhelming as I get yeah, older. Yeah. And I was really like at my birthday party, I really did not drink that much until like the end. I was like drunk by the end of the night, but like yeah. I was out for like six hours. Totally. And like at, at the first bar, everyone was asking to buy me a drink. And I was like, no, no, I I'm would have good. Like, I, yeah. would, I would like have like one alcoholic drink and then like two or three club sodas and then another drink because I was like, I want to enjoy this party. Yeah. And I was like, why is this so much more fun than normally when I'm at like big group parties at bars that I, that I like often find overwhelming. And I'm like, Oh, it's the vicious cycle of like finding it overwhelming. So like chugging a drink and then like totally being drunk and finding it over and like, Oh yeah. And not that not, it. and I think like with age, what I've learned is I love to drink and drinking is not going to be the thing that's going to quell my social anxiety. So it's, but it's the thing that is lovely and I enjoy and, but I have to kind of get right with myself and be like, you know, honestly, I would say weed's probably better for that. If someone wants to like have a hit of weed, if they feel really socially anxious, that hasn't worked for me because it puts me towards paranoia. But I think I just have to get really clear before I go into like, even going to your birthday, I'm you and Marsha's. I was like, I, these are a lot of people I don't know. So, but I want to make sure that I'm like open and receptive and I'm actually going to make sure I don't drink a lot going into tonight because I think that that'll make me flounder even more. Yeah. But I don't, I think going out younger, you don't think about that and you assume that the remedy is just to get wasted and then, and then it's never is, or you have a fun surprise night, but you're like reckless, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's never like, I don't think, even if you think you did, you never had a fun night because you got trapped. Oh, like, there's because, no way. Yeah. That no. Was like a, that was like such a thing I thought about when we were in Scotland was like, because maybe it's when and how I go out in New York, but like the way you see people like sitting ass out on the street at like 8 p.m. in Edinburgh, like so oh. fucked up. I out was, of their minds. Was, like people are getting so fucked up. And I was like, wow, like I hope I never look like that. I also, like, I also just would look at people and be like, I actually know for, like, a literal fact I haven't been that drunk in, like, six years. Like, and, like, yeah. that's crazy that people get that drunk. Like, well, yeah, so I mean, fucked up. And it, for someone that really likes to drink, like, same after shows, uh, we had people that would offer to buy us beers, and then we'd end up chatting with them for a few hours, and they would get offended at, like, I don't know, round three of, like, a pint of beer where I'm like, I'm good. And they're like, well, no, this is the Scottish way. You, you know, have, yeah. another, have another beer. So that I'm having an, and then I'm miserable and uncomfortable and bloated and full. And I know so they even put my love of drinking to shit, but I don't think I like to binge drink. I don't like shots anymore. I don't even at my own wedding. I had one shot at the end of the night Yeah, and I was like, eh, this feels a little gratuitous right now. Yeah. I don't know that I ever was like, yes, shots girl. But I do think I wanted to feel more unencumbered and freer in my body when yeah. I was younger. And I think that's what made me want to like get you know, have shots and, and, you know, yeah. get silly. The but. only time I really remember like doing shots in a way that I was like shots was like when I was underage, like freshman year of college where it was mm-hmm. like you were part of the whole night out was like making sure you had access to alcohol. Cause you were like underage and like, where was it oh, coming totally. from? So if you were like doing shots, it's like, well, I know this is going to get the job done. You yeah. Know what I, mean? I was the source even- of alcohol in high school. I had a fake ID oh, that I got from a man that went by the rabbi. He wasn't a rabbi, but he <laughs> went by rabbi. <laughs> Wait, walk me through the process of getting this fake ID. Oh man. We, I can't say any of these people's names. I wonder if this person's in jail now, but, um, <laughs> Uh, like my now still best friend who just had a kid and you know, is, is now uh, obviously not ended up with this person from freshman year, this person that she was sort of dating that had the biggest house I've ever seen. His 
connect was rabbi and we went over to his mansion and gave $200 to rabbi and Growing he, up in LA this fake so ID, I, I mean, I used it until I used it for like four years. It was legit. It Damn. looked good. I think it was a New York one too. Was it a photo of you? Yep. And you were f- how old? I got it when I was 14. So like, and I was the supplier for parties. <laughs> like, and I would go, I mean, wh- th- what's insane is it's that I get- 14-year-olds look so young, so the photos oh, must have looked insane. I was already six feet. I've always been so, I've always was like been 5'10 or 5'11, so I, I guess I had that going for me, but I was around, I had like a round baby face. Yeah. But it's just insane that I get nervous for auditions, but I would- confidently walk into a wine and spirits at age 14 and, like three and get like a Captain Morgan's and a, you know, and a banker's. I mean, how crazy is that? That's so yeah. funny. But I do think I got a lot of that out of my system really young because where I grew up was really like just drink to nausea. Cause like, yeah. Is the LA teen scene is like, it's a party. It's a. So this was in f- outskirts of Philly. Oh, this was outskirts of Philly. Sorry, this was. No, I sorry. brought the fake ID to LA when I was like a senior in high school and went to stay with my sister. But this was. I grew up in New York and then moved to outside of Philly. So this was. No, I always forget that. Rich suburbs of Philly. We were not rich, but right. you know, it was a very like well-to-do neighborhood. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and it was party town. Party town, like everyone drinking. So much drugs, nitrous tanks. The nitrous. The nitrous is <laughs> so bad for I, I you. I think like I was okay with all the other stuff. I was like, oh, you know, whatever. People are popping Molly, and <laughs> people are popping Molly. <laughs> um, and and you know, I tried acid one time and and walked with an imaginary cane all night and <laughs> thought I had like a leg injury. And but the nitrous really spooked me because that felt like, oh my god, the, sh- the only purpose of this is to get dumb, and what it's doing is like popping brain cells. It also like, have you done it? I did that. W- I did one balloon. I did. It I like guess a whippets hint. are nitrous. Also, poppers are like low key. Okay, so I have done nitrous. When I was a barista, I would I would do whip. I would do the whipped cream kind of often because I was like, oh god, I just want to numb out. <laughs> Wait, the idea you need to do that as a video. Just uh, so I mean, crazy. like, how can I help you? Walk into the coffee shop. That's so funny that you did that. It's also so fleeting. No, it's so fleeting, but it is like you just kind of die for one second. Like there is, I like, know you do just kind of have you. It's like it like truly doing poppers or nitrous is like you sort of just like fade into what is on the other side and then come back and you're like it's it's, so interesting that we all want to simulate that feeling you know know? and and that young too that you're like I I mean to be honest I would say one of the hardest times in anyone's life for me at least I really high school was freaking brutal and so I definitely was was like really yeah Yeah, I think well I think for me it's it's like 7th 8th ninth. 10th and then I come, I agree those then are I came out of the closet junior year so that's oh, like, and then it's like okay and then it's like and I think that's like one of the nice like I do just have this like night and day shift in high school wow. where it's like wow life was so much better after did you feel like when you came out you were it was like you were welcomed or it was uh, uh yeah yeah okay it was very much like a huge weight off my shoulders yeah I'm sure like that is more so what it was than anything else yeah. and that's nice that you went into college and all that not feeling like you had to yeah because I've heard you know I feel well, stories I, of people having to like at 19 you know totally I think that part of it's like it's different experiences for everyone I think for me <clears throat> part of what was so much of the labor of being in the closet was that because I am me, like it wasn't like, it was a, I wasn't, it was, con- it wasn't like a constant secret. It was a constant denial of like an accusation. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So uh, it was, that, that was like, 
exhausting and and just like build really builds up your safe self hatred because you have to like frame this thing as a negative to like fight against and it. also like you're kind of then pitted against people that like yeah. you're like oh maybe if I was just if I could say yes you'd accept me and yeah but I built up this wall and yeah yeah and I have a lot of empathy for people who are like very straight passing because I think that's also, I think there's a lot of privileges that come with that, but I actually think there's also a lot of labor of like having to constantly come out. Like I haven't had to come out of the closet in 15 years, 14 years. Yeah. Whereas like I have friends who have to like literally come out to people every day because like people just don't realize they're gay. And I think that's probably a lot of work. So I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Just like having to have a weighted conversation like all the time. Or just like knowing that like until you say something, people are just going to assume this thing about you. That's not true. Mm -hmm. Like that just sounds so exhaustive. Oh, totally. Yeah. Can't imagine. I never had to, you know, I feel like coming out as bi later in life is so like, I don't even know if I've ever like proclaimed it to my parents. I feel like they're just like, everybody's bi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I, w- I would hope eventually that's what happens with like all sexuality though. But I, I, think it's gonna... I really hope so, but I think it's a while away. But oh, it's definitely At least in away. like in New York and a, I don't think it's a while, it's as much a while away in big cities, schools. No, and, totally. But I think in middle America, God, I just read this, what's her full house chick that has left Hallmark and now she's just oh going to do. Oh my God, oh my God. Now Fucking, she's great American. What's, um, it's great like, American family. Great American family. Absolutely. She's like one of the CFOs or something yeah, now. She's she going to make a bunch of movies about that. And she said, my heart just wants to tell deeper stories. I'm like, huh. She's I watched Falling gonna... for Christmas with Lindsay Lohan last night and didn't feel super. How was it? I had the time of my life. I can't wait to watch it. I had the time of my life. And I am I such cannot. a Lindsay fan. I just, I, I want, I wish her the world. Her. I wait, love her. I have a question. Were you living in LA? No, you would have been in Philly for this. Like, when? Peak like that era of like Lindsay, Paris, Britney at like Ledoux. So that's, or that's like Y2K. What? Yeah. That's, I was you were in Philly. Philly. Okay. Yeah. Early 2000s I'm kind of dying for someone. I kind of am dying for someone who was like boots on the ground for that era. I just want to. Yeah. Because I was so, Greg. Greg was in LA. Greg. Yeah. I, I imagine Greg, Greg wasn't was, plugged into I'm what say, weird. I don't think sweet Greg was like, no, knew what was happening at like yeah. Mr. Chow. When was what Simple was that? Life? That's like, I want to say Simple Life is like 05, 04. Okay. That feels what that was to me. 06 maybe. It felt like a, a like a marketing ploy to. 2003 to 2007. Okay. I was, cl- I was pretty on the money. four years. Yeah. Wow, these two girls are filthy rich. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? The things that we like that our brain—it's uh, like it's like I don't remember anything from chemistry, but I remember so many oh, useless lyrics. I remember full episodes of like <laughs> the fabulous life of on VH1. Yep, or like come on to my house, come on—is that Girls Next Door? Yes. yes. Oh <laughs> my god! Apparently, was, they have a podcast. I was yeah, I was watching that—the breakdown of how the mansion worked. It's so dark and crazy. oh, it seems. I mean, what's insane is that we were all just watching that, like, Haha, ah. this is normal. He bought these girls. I mean, essentially, <laughs> so fucked. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. Did you? So you were? How old were you when you moved to LA? I was like 18, 18 19. Damn. Yeah. Did you? What was that like? Insane. Insane. And like immediate eating disorder. <laughs> like, And I can laugh now about it because it truly was like the quintessential 
you know, all through high school, you're eating burgers and shakes and whatever. And then you go to LA and they're like, careful with that burger. Like oh, truly Jesus. the most cliche, you know, showgirls yeah. for it. For, it's Versace. It's Versace. You yeah, know, just totally. feeling like I was this, you know, and Philly bumpkin. And that was peak, like Rachel Zoe be, th- be thin time. Like, it, was, it was. just yeah. like, we had, had no positivity. Body, well, also, bodative, wait, bo- oh body, body, body positivity. <laughs> body body positivity. Um, no, I also think. I am body positive. Coming on. <laughs> Coming off the heels of like Y2K, I look at that pocket no, of time. Crazy. I also was thinking about the band Tattoo. Remember them? And oh, they the she said. made my two cis straight white men um, <laughs> to put together two a fake lesbian couple. Yeah. One of them is now like super outspoken against LGBTQ. Yes. Um, but I feel like that encapsulates like it was like boob jobs and people attacking pop stars and. Yeah. Uh, sexualizing virgins and yeah. like uh, uh, that were all for the male gaze and it was super hetero and it was just like and lesbians were for men it like, was like it was entourage all, yeah yeah entourage was like the coolest show ever and wedding crashers like oh I don't know if you but it was like Vince Vaughn humor yeah. Vince Vaughn then humor which was very fratty old school yeah. like and I feel like I so I internalized so much of that whether I wanted to or not yeah. even though I was raised with like super liberal family in New York and Philly and you know that can only stand up to so much though but if exactly. you move to a city where you're fully inundated with it it's over like it's oh almost God. impossible I would have if I had moved to New York in 2010 like when I was 18 I know I would have burned out I wouldn't be here yeah I would have like I don't know where I would have ended up but I know I would have lost my mind yeah there's I didn't have the, I did not have the constitution to get it done then moving here at 21 oh because I would have been 17 I moved I, oh wow because I graduated high school when I was 17 oh, 17 wow. I would have fried moving here when I was 21 was enough did you you moved here when you were 21 yeah the week after I graduated college wow you've been and you've been here all the way through yeah I always wonder if it would have been different had I done at New York instead of LA but I think because I'd grown up, grown up in New York I was like oh you should and also I was like oh industry LA you know um I, I can't say that in moving here the same thing wouldn't have happened like I do think that image stuff, you know, everyone's like, oh, that's a cliche. That's not LA. But if you're young and impressionable and you have no friends yet, and you're going out with your high school friend whose friends are club promoters and also, you're, it's like I mean, that fucked me up. It was there's like, there's a really brutal reality, which is that the people, how do I word this in a way that isn't like really sad and shitty, but it's true. It's like <clears throat> when you move to a new place, mm-hmm. statistically, a lot of the people that are going to like not have a gr- like that are going to be looking for people to bring into their friend group because they're like friend group is afraid or they don't have friends are shitty people. Oh, that's why they don't have friends. The very first. So friend- that's why it's hard yeah. to make good friends. Like yeah. that's why it's so special when you do and like find the group is because initially you're just like, oh, this person seems like they're totally normal, but they don't have a single friend that they trust. And it's like, right. That's yeah. That's I feel so bad leak. for them. They, all their friends have left. Like what's that about? <laughs> I, in that way, I think I was so afraid of age and aging for so long. And then I was like, wait, 18 to 24 was just trying to find people that understood me for who yeah. I was and that I understood and that I felt like we could love each other unconditionally, which just isn't where you're at when you're that age. You're totally. just, you're, you're, you're operating from self, which you should. I feel like it's like such a selfish time. Whereas I feel like now you have just such a better, you know, uh, you're, you have a better picker and also you, you have, you can be generous. You can be, you have the capacity to be there for somebody else and vice versa. Yeah. And so I'm like, Oh, I just, that's what was, it's such a lonely time going yeah. out feels so different when you're younger than, you know, cause it's well, just so like, there's a difference between going out because like, I'm like, like, 
going out with you and being like, Ugh, I just want to see Hannah and like catch up. Yeah. And going out being like, maybe tonight I'll find the thing that fixes me. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? Oh my God. Like, or the person or the, the or, or maybe tonight, like well, me and my friends will actually have fun together and know what to, I mean, that's the other thing is, is yeah. outgrowing friendships that you're like, Oh my God, do we have anything in common without alcohol? Yeah. Or without, without whatever or the, the thing is. Insert. Gonna fight or something. Cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Where you're like walking on pins and needles. Um, yeah, that I don't, I don't miss. No, um, God, no. Yeah. Wait, do you think, and if you don't want to talk about this, we can cut it. Yeah. I've heard with like, people with ADD find that certain substances like don't affect them in the same way that they affect other people. Mm, okay. Do you feel that's the case with like any drugs or alcohol? I think I was medicated. I think I was on like an Adderall type I was on Adderall all through high school. So I think it, my tolerance was fucking insane because Adderall is like cocaine. Like yeah. it, it, that's, I think people take Adderall to keep drinking. Yes. I think it, it messed with what also we were, I mean, literally at senior week of high school, we played a game where we were all tallying how many shots we'd had on our arms. And then the next day it would be like 20. <laughs> I'm like, so were we all just trying to die? Yeah. Like it's it was so crazy. crazy. And we were like, yeah, we're all, yeah these are my best friends. <laughs> the way your body can process alcohol when you're 18 is absolutely fucking psychotic. Oh, it's insane. I, I, I did three shots. Now I'm a big dude who drinks pretty often. If I did three shots back to back, I would have to go home. 1000%. I can't do it is actually physically I can't do it I wonder I think I could but my body surprises itself like when you I had I went to 54 below to watch Esther in a show like six months ago and I didn't eat dinner and I had two and a half Negronis and then I threw up like a college kid and it shocked me I was out with my friends I was out with my friends and we had I had dinner at my friend's house and I maybe had like two glasses of wine with dinner and then with pasta she made like pasta so I had two glasses of wine with like a significant meal and we walked to her friend's bar that she lives near and I had two gin and sodas. Now, I we knew the bartender and I didn't watch him pour them, so maybe he made me like extra strong drinks. Yeah. But I was like, I'm gonna go pee, guys. And I went to the bathroom and I was like, I'm gonna barf. And then Whoa. I literally, I didn't barf, but I sat on the floor of a bathroom in a bar and was like deep breathing. Yep. And I was like, from f- two gin and sodas? Yeah. What's going on? And the feeling now of getting sick, like, I don't know if you... <laughs> So I got sick that one time and then it had been years before that. But actually at the end of Edinburgh, when I went to the countryside, the very last night I stayed in like um, like a hotel closer to the airport so that I was closer to, and it was a really sad town. Um, And then I I went into like a- What airport were you flying out of? Edinburgh? We were flying out of Edinburgh. Why I didn't just stay in Edinburgh proper. I was like really trying to pinch pennies at this point because I'd spent everything. Um, And so, and I went into this sports bar and, uh, and it was, they were, they were kind of bullying me like, Oh, city girl, you think you're so whatever. It was just, the energy was not great in yeah. there. It was, it was, and I, and I got drunk there and, and got sick because, and it, and it always surprises me. Like, yeah. I feel like in the last five, eight years, I've gotten sick like two or three times. And it's always like a horrific feeling. <laughs> oh yeah. You're like, Oh, something has to change. And then I won't drink for like a month after that. Yeah, or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, it's like a dark, it's a dark, yeah. dark, dark moment. Yeah. But yeah, the you have to but like when you're when I was 18, I was like I like I could get I could drink like 16 shots and get hit by a car and then wake up in the morning and be like my head kind of it's like I know. I was it. that every I think that was just what it was. I think yeah. that there is like science behind it. Like I think you can just drink more when you're younger. And I don't. You can drink more when you're younger. I always, the, the few times that I tried Coke ever, I was like, oh, this reminds me too much of Adderall, which reminds me of high school. And I don't yeah. like that. So that's never, that was never like a thing that I was, that yeah. I gravitated towards at all. I think if I could find, like, <laughs> I always say this, if I could find a limitless type 
strain of weed that I could have right before a comedy show that would make the whole experience of getting ready for it fun. Because <laughs> every time before a comedy show, I'm like, why do I do this to myself? I hate this. I hate this. I, hi. And then you I feel love that it. nervous before every show? Every single show. That's every, crazy. One the other night. Every single set. Even, okay. Not even just shows you're producing. Sets, sets. too. Getting ready for it. Damn. Walking up. Nervous poops all day. Like, just horrible. <laughs> Whoa. But and you're I'm, so good. It's so and interesting. And so much. And That's I, so much of your life being stressed. I told Greg the other day, I'm like, what do I do? Because I love the doing the thing when I'm in the midst of it. And everything before is so horrific. What I'm happy about is that I don't drink before shows or anything. Like that, that I, I don't self-soothe that way because Same. I think I tried that in my 20s and I was like, this is so not the route. I also you know? just can't have a thing that I know for a fact is why I bombed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If I have like even one drink before a show and then I bomb, I'm like, well, I, yeah, I drank. Do you know so what do I mean? you, do you use drink tickets if you're at shows? Uh, if I go up early, I'll have drinks after. And yeah. I'll watch the rest of the show and have my drink. It's what I did at your show. I had two drinks after my set. I'll get a hard seltzer and sip one throughout the show because I'm like, right. oh, it's a nice thing to have. But but yeah, I. it is really interesting. Um, that If there was something like that that could just help me chill the fuck out, then I, I would like that. Yeah. Yeah. That would be nice. But I think it's unfortunately just like learning to deep breathe and like actually do it on your own. I know. I really- I don't know that I will ever get there though. So do you, what do you feel like before shows and before sets? It it really variables and depends. Like, How about Sunday? Like, I just want like, let's, specific, okay, so you did a set. So Sunday I was- it was interesting Sunday because I was nervous for two reasons. Okay. One, you had such a fantastic lineup of comedians I respected. Yeah, like, you included, yeah. Yeah, but it was like, I don't know, it was like, it was like Richard, who I love, but we're very close. And then yeah. it was like, Robbie, Marie, Esther, Chloe, like yeah. I really respect all those people. Yeah. And, I, and I think like, some of them hadn't seen me perform in a long time. I don't think Robbie had ever seen me do stand up before. So I definitely was like, I want to do well. Totally. And also that was my first, that was my first show after doing my hour the night before. Yeah. So I was going from our mindset where like, it's such a different mindset to be yeah. like, I'm doing seven minutes. Totally. And I was actually, and I didn't consciously think about it until I got there and I hadn't even like picked what seven minutes I was doing. And I was like, mm. I was like, Oh fuck! And then I was like trying to be like fun in the green room, like la, la, la. and then I was like thinking on my phone, like what am I doing? Like, I also, was, like, the Union Hall green room is a hallway, so it's oh, not it's like, yeah, absolutely. And it's like everyone on top of each other, just it's anxious. Like, hey, you're performing in Union Hall. We have a huge perk. You will be the last to get out in a fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on the one hand, I love it because it's like, oh, when else? All these people that you respect are you totally. guys just like on top of each other this way? And on the other hand, it's like there is no moment to go over no. anything. Have you done the Bell House ever? Yeah. The greenhouse. The greenhouse. The, the greenhouse. Green like the backstage there is just so fun. Yeah. And it's like, I love, and so honestly, Asylum's got a good backstage area too. Yeah, it's too steeped in UCB for me. Yeah, I, I totally, I UCB totally like, get that. I have no, I have no connection to it body, in that way. My body can't fully relax there yeah. because I'm like, what if someone's listening? Like, what if I get seen doing this? Right. What if, like, it like actually just can't fully. The ghosts it. of Mod are there, or yeah. for Harold, for, for you. Harold, yeah. Harold wow. And Lloyd. Um, even by proxy, even knowing that I went through any of school system, I get haunted by that occasionally yeah, there because totally. I'm like, I know it's steeped in that. Like, yeah. I know. Um, um, I'm excited for it to move to the pit though because I I only had good times at the pit. Yeah. 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 No no trauma at the pit. At your show, I was a little nervous, but I was also excited. I also just like knew you were there and like loved you and like loved yeah. and like the audience was fun. I was like, it's going to be fine. That will change things for me. Like when I did Gorge Night or when I opened for Esther the other night, I'm like, I trust that these people, we all find similar things funny. Yeah. And I trust that you have an amazing audience. Esther had an amazing, like of course, there yeah. have been 
Oh God, <laughs> I won't even, I won't say what specific show this was, but I told you that I had like you a mental breakdown on like, stage like a month ago. Yeah, wait, you have to tell me off mic who, what show it was. I will. I, I, I don't even think they care. They know that it was the weirdest set ever. I love their podcast, Podcast But Outside. I just opened for them okay. at, at the Bourbon Room in Hollywood and like fully forgot how to be a person. Wait, so, okay, <laughs> interesting. Cause you texted me immediately after and you're like, hey, I just bombed the worst I've ever bombed in my life. Uh-huh. And I was like, hey, I'm not, I was like, I'm on the corner. I'm drinking a hard seltzer. Wait, I'm not. I should have called you. I didn't realize it was at this level. I feel really bad now. No, 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 no. No, if anything, I was just texting people, yeah. peers that I, and I've done that a couple of times. Like I texted Nori right after a weird JFL callback to be like, hey, this doesn't matter, right? Like yeah, just because just I'm not good something. at this five minutes doesn't. And then of course she says the best thing ever. And I'm like, I'm instantly feeling better. 100%. But that really, and you know what it was, was, I am such an admirer of both Cole and Andrew, but I don't know that audience. Like, you know, opening the show, being the first thing people see doing traditional stand up, I don't consider myself a traditional stand up at all. Absolutely. I do think that if you are producing a show, and this is, I don't know these men, I don't know the things, so this is not an indoctrin, this is not an indictment of them. This is just like a thought of what you're saying. Like, I do think a thing that if you are producing a show, you and you are picking your openers, it you really need to set them up for success by picking the right person for your audience. Sure, but you would think that I could deliver. I think that they have faith in me as they Wait, should. I guess my question is, did you- I like, don't know what happened. Okay. It's not, this is in no way their fault because their podcast is weird and cool and like, okay. I think it invites in a very cool audience. I think it was the first show I'd done post-wedding. I had been in wedding planning for like the three weeks before that. Yeah. So I probably hadn't done a show in like five weeks or okay, something. Okay, that's a long time. So it was a minute. I was doing, I, I decided, no mic, no nothing. I'm gonna do a bunch of new material about my wedding. Brand new, not tried and true material. Cause all the material before was about being engaged. So I was like, well, I can't do that now, I'm married. Now I figured out that you can just talk in hindsight. <laughs> you can yeah. just say, I was engaged. So we have, in the, yeah, you have, we have tenses in the English language. So instead of sort of using tenses, I was like, all right, I'll come up with 10 new minutes. <laughs> and in doing that, I forgot all nine of them. And I just remembered one new minute that I'd written. And then at one point, like I told you, I started combining jokes. So it, they were just incoherent sentences. At one point, I considered running off stage. So you had like a neurological <laughs> event. Like this wasn't like this wasn't like a bad set. Like I, something happened. There, I I got off stage and I remember wiping. I feel like you only read in novels that there's sweat on someone's upper lip. It wasn't just beads of sweat. It was like I had like a full Mustache. log flume above my lip. How silent was the audience? I certainly didn't set them up for the podcast. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. And it's funny, I came out hot. I came out, I like danced on this pole. I was like, and then it really, it plat not only plateaued, it went deep into the ground like a badger and it oh never came back out. Oh my God. And I don't even know how, and I, I ended it by combining two jokes. Uh, in my head, there was there was not a sound coming from them. Yeah, I got a text the next day or a DM from someone that was like, "Hi, I loved your set. I am a rabbi and Mazel Tov." So I was like, "Okay, so maybe she just liked the Jewish part that I converted." But I'm like, "That's nice of her to say." Or was she saying that? My brain goes, "Was she was saying she that because she really knows I needed a win?" <laughs> anyway, I was supposed to be in the rest of the podcast. Like I was supposed to be watching yeah. and then maybe be. I left. Okay, and I'm not proud of that, but I did leave. Was that the hardest you've ever bombed? Absolutely. Okay. To, to me, I think you. I think it's nice to know that in, definitively. Like mm -hmm. that was the hardest I have ever bombed. And doing any show after that, any subsequent show, like I was really afraid of of a repeat. But I think what it showed me is we're all. 
I feel like something neurological was ha- like, I feel like the weight of the wedding and my life and thing and all the yeah. emotions of it came flooding in. And it just, I didn't know how to be funny in that moment, you know? Um, but what was reassuring was like doing four shows after that and having a really great time Absolutely. and like returning to normal. But it did take me by fucking surprise. Cause I'm like 10 oh. years in and this can still happen. Yeah. I think it can still happen. I was like, like Tiffany Haddish had that show like iconically in Miami where she like bombed horribly a few years ago. Really? Yeah. She just like, it was like, it like went viral and she like admitted it. She was like, I bombed. Like she, her whole hour bombed. Like she had a really bad show. <laughs> and like, I just think it can happen. I think it can truly happen to anyone. That's it part can. of the excitement. But that's also why seeing live comedy is exciting because it might not work. Like yeah. there are pros and it is going to 99% of the time, but the, the, there needs to be that element that sometimes is going to fuck up that makes it exciting to see it live. But also totally, haven't you seen comics that you super respect? Like I was on a show the other night where one after another, after another, we were all all of us bombing. Like so this audience, audience was not, yeah. I know that it was me for the other one because once they came out, the audience was. I mean, to be fair too, like they were like genuine fans of their podcast, totally. but I really, what was funny before was that Andrew was like, as I'm going on stage, she's like, just so you know, no one's ever bombed with this crowd. They're always so cool. <laughs> Like, he was like, Robbie opened last time. She absolutely slayed it. Like, you're, they're going to be so loving. Truly, no one's ever bombed opening for us. And I was like, uh-huh. And I know he said that to be like, you can't go wrong. And then you were like, and then, watch me. And then I was like, is that a dare? <laughs> um, and then that happened. But- uh, Wait, but you were on a show recently where everyone bombed. Yes. And it was really liberating because it was people that I super respect, myself included. Yeah. And it was like, oh, wait, okay, occasionally there's just something in the air, it's just something that's weird. And I don't mean to say overarching, like we all bombed 100% of the time, but like it was met meekly, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that just to see that is sometimes helpful, I think. Absolutely. The night we met, we both had rough time. <laughs> <laughs> wait, when did we meet? The Caroline's. Oh, okay. And that's gotta be tied for, that's gotta be close to the second worst. Okay. I'll tell you. If but you, you thought I was funny in that set. They were against me. Okay. Just to see what happened. Cause okay. I didn't. Okay. I, I thought you had a great set. Because I was not attacked by Caroline's like you were. Okay. Cause here's what happened to Hannah. And this was the craziest thing. And Caroline's don't get offended by this. You did this. Hannah and I were on a show together at Caroline's opening for a fantastic comedian who I won't name because she doesn't need to hear this. (laughs) (laughs) Hannah, I was so excited to meet you. You had just moved to New York. Like you had probably- It had been like weeks. Yeah. I was like, like, she's so funny. She's so cool. Like I'm so excited to meet her. And then like the the, the sick thing about Caroline's is like the green room is like Lux. Like you get- And you're having a dinner and they're bringing you a drink. They feed you drinks. You have a personal waiter. It's all free. You get paid. It's Lux. It's Lux. But then you walk- So then I, it was like Hannah first, then me, then the headliner. So you go out and I was like, I'd had like a, I I think I did have a cocktail that time because I was like, this is so fun. I'm having a drink. I'm like, I'm going to take my cocktail. I'm going to watch Hannah perform. And I watch (laughs) Hannah go up on stage. And as Hannah walked, they're like, welcome to the stage, Hannah. And I do think they said your name wrong. I think they were like, Hannah Pikes. Everyone thinks it's Pilks or Pikes. And I I will know that I've made it when everyone knows it's Pilkus. So they were like, Hannah Pikes. And then as Hannah Oh, they said you're host for the evening too. Oh, and you were like, you turned to me and you're like, I'm hosting. Like, it was so crazy. And then Hannah goes up on stage and then I swear to God, they bring all of a sudden a like brigade of waiters. Like it was on the fucking Polar Express, like come out and each audience member is individually handed a cheeseburger. They all ordered a quarter pounder and they're all taking a bite. So then, so then Hannah does 
10 minutes of material. Well, and the host. Yeah. The host needs to do 10. She does 10 minutes of material while people are just <laughs> mouths full of burgers. Like, they can't laugh. They're eating food. They're so like there's, this. <laughs> so she would, and you would, like, I remember, you would, like, say a joke, and they'd be like, <laughs> and you were like, okay, next joke. Like, there was just no laughter. But it was, like, it was funny because, like, I was, so then I immediately clocked what was happening. Yeah. So I was like, wait, this is fucked because she's not even bombing. They're just eating, so they're not laughing. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I'm in the back and then you're saying jokes and I'm like, ha, 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 like trying I know. to support. And I kept like sort of clocking that you were in the back like, okay, well, someone I respect but is thinking it's funny. People kept looking at me being like, why is that man screaming? And I was why like, why does that man not have a quarter pounder? Someone get him a burger. <laughs> <laughs> but I think they were going to be like, why is that man screaming? And I was like, they're going to get mad at me and then I'm going to bomb because they're going to think I'm annoying when I go on stage. So oh I just my God. I trying to well, like laugh, but not too loud. Honestly, a host is, I was just talking to you about this. Host energy is, when I, in my head, when they said host, I was like, well, first of all, I did not know I was going to be here all night. <laughs> I didn't know I was introducing acts, but I think that was their bad to say host for the evening. Because you weren't the host. I was you... just one of the openers. Yeah. I opened and then you opened and then it was the, yeah, the no, headliner. We never went back on stage. No, we never went back on stage. I think hosting. Wait, I, also, I also fucked up so bad because I thought I knew what time I was at. And I was like, all right, and ready for your host, or ready for your headliner. And then someone looked at me and was like, no, like you have four <laughs> more minutes to do. And I was like, okay, never mind. And I had to four fall. more minutes. It was something crazy where like the person looked at me and was like, no. And I have I, a feeling for that podcast that I opened for, I could have done more than three and a half minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I did a tight 90 seconds. That is. I. I so hope, I funny. hope, you know, it would be crazy if we could roll the tape on that if and we could watch it. Somewhere. Oh, and I pray it's not. <laughs> I think it was live streamed once they came out, <laughs> but I would just love to see it to see if it lines up with how, how it felt internally. Yeah. Um, I want to talk to someone who is there. If they, I know someone that was there and he was super sweet to me, but he's one of the sweetest people on earth. Did he acknowledge like, yeah, it seems like you were confused or something like, mm -mm. okay. No. And then I was like, oh, so you're feeding me lies. <laughs> Yeah, if I objectively bomb, like one of my best friends came to see me on Herald Night <coughs> at UCB for what was probably one of the worst shows I ever did at UCB. And my time being a performer, there was, I was on a team that like, I don't mean to say, it was like, we were consistently pretty good. And then we had a hand, maybe three shows over the course of our run that were like, we should have been immediately cut from the theater for how bad they were. <laughs> like, it was like, we were oh. either good to great or like so bad it was insane. Oh no, And he yeah. came to one of the so bad it was insane shows. Yeah. And I remember walking outside of the theater and being like, we were bad. Like, I that was not great. Like, and he was like, yeah, no, you were really bad. And I was like, thank you. Moving you know on. what? You know I was what? Like, I need that. Like, that's what I need in a best friend is like to be like, yeah, I'm not going to lie to you because I need. I think that's great. Because when you say, hey, great job, I actually believe it. You actually believe it. I actually think that you would do that for me. Oh, I, think, I would never tell you you did good if you didn't do good. Which is why I texted you right after that because I was like, I actually don't need someone to bullshit me right now. I need someone to be like, and I think you put it really well. You were like, it's like dating. And if it wasn't a connection tonight, like that's okay. Yeah. And also like we're allowed to fuck up occasionally. Absolutely. But it was like, I didn't need someone to be like, I bet you were actually amazing. It's like, no girl, <laughs> I can tell you. No, I believe you. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. Well, that's because that's the other thing is like, I know that every single person, even the best like bomb. Right. So it's like, if you're going to say like, Hey, I had a really bad show. I'm not going to like, there's no productive part of me. That's going to be like, you know, I'm sure it was actually great. And also if I know, like if you had a bomb night, I'm like, okay, but I know what kind of comic you are. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. That shit happens. And that <laughs> sucks. If, if you had like a month of consequence, like if you were like, Hey, I've bombed for the last 20 shows. And you're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, right. like, what is the material? And right. I, like, exactly. Like that would maybe be um, a different conversation, but it is, 
every once in a while, I'm like this, they, we chose this. Yeah. We chose this thing that's incredibly like volatile and uncertain and, uh, and so fun though when it's fun. And that's why we also like going out. Cause we like, yeah, I mean, kind of, no, I, I mean, for me, that's absolutely, I like the culture it. of comedy so much too. I like that. It's inherently really social. Oh, that's huge for me. Absolutely. You know, that's a huge, huge part of it. Okay. This went by in two seconds. Wow. I know. I know. The way we end every episode in this will be easy for you and I is we plan our night out together. <gasps> which we should, we probably are going to have one soon. Well, okay. There's a dinner with Marsha that's happening and that's separate. Yes. But this is a night out, especially if I'm going to be back in LA for a little while. We yes. need to do something that like encapsulates a fun night in New York. So I think we have to do nice night martinis. Like I think we need to yeah. recreate and then maybe dance because we- I love that. Okay. I want to be, I want to dress really cute. Like- yeah. Martini's cute, but that could transition to a night out of dancing, right? <laughs> yeah, sorry. I just remembered the fucking saloon bar in Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right after we all wrapped our shows, we were like, we should do something really nice. And Hannah goes, let's go to that cocktail bar. It looks really nice. And we sit down and it's a pop-up cowboy themed where they put cowboy hats on us. And like, they were also sold out of like every single cocktail. So we could only- And Marsha was like, Marsha's like, oh, those, that, the hat thing seems a little unsanitary. And you were like, no, they probably spray it in between. And then the guy takes the hat off his head and he's like, how many? <laughs> and, put, and puts it on the girls. I was like, oh, okay. The yeah, hats are just sort nice. of being circ in circulation. <laughs> Sweaty performer heads. But so we should go somewhere. From You want to dress cute. I would like to dress cute. And cute in the sense of like, I have really been embracing wearing the heel as a five foot ten person. I think that's a queen move. Greg's five, six. I, I, for so long, I was like, I can't around Greg. And he was like, I actively would get mad about it. Cause he'd be like, I love that you're tall. And I don't, that's not really fair to put on me. <laughs> like, yeah. I encourage you to be so somewhere that I could wear like a cute heel. And again, not saying Greg's coming, but like, I feel like I got used to the flat. Yeah. So a heel, um, but remember it's winter now. So, so a heel boot, a heel boot, maybe with like a sweater dress or something and like okay, a tights. Yeah. Can you dance in a sweater dress or you get too hot? Absolutely right. Okay. Mm. <laughs> Just Are we going somewhere with a coat check? Oh, let's coat check. Okay. I'm going to wear a hot kind of slutty dress then with a with a boot. Yes. And a nice coat. I, I'm all for a nice long coat. I really want to invest I, in that. I love that. Okay. So we'll do, we'll do martinis and a little light dinner mm -hmm. and then we'll go dancing. Where? Okay. I'm trying to think where we should go dancing. I, I don't know enough. Yeah. I know. I re I really like this dance party at Parkside Lounge. Where's which that? It's on Houston. Okay. Um, oh, in Manhattan. In Manhattan. Okay. Um, and it's kind of like it's definitely like a lot of gay men, but there's women there too. I would love that though. That's and that's it's like, that's it's my very dream. like disco-y. That sounds honestly like okay, the so best. This is the party I go to on Sunday nights. So it'd be like a Sunday. Which is perfect because Sundays are always, I get those either. Sunday scaries and this is a nice way to bring the weekend. Perfect. You get Sunday scaries even though you're not a nine to fiver. 1000%. That's so interesting. And I don't know what that's about. Okay. That's so interesting. Yeah. I, and you know what? I do think it's because of Greg it is in school and he oh, has more of a traditional. Makes, yeah. It makes sense. Um, I okay, love that. So we'll do dinner. I'm trying to think where we should get. Oh, we could check out. It is in Times Square, which is a little like much, but there's that fancy hotel that now does. I really want to try it. They do. Have you been there yet? The, the There's this hotel on Times Square now that does martinis in like pewter teapots and all of the accoutrement and like like anchovies and lemon peels and olives. And then you build your own martini from the teapot. Wait, and it's like what? ice cold. This sounds magical. We're going to do that. And honestly, the only thing working against it is Times Square. No, Dimes. What's Dime Square? It's a place in the Lower East Side. Like, have you been to Servos? <laughs> okay, well, I know nothing about New York. Okay, I'm going to take you out. We're going to oh. go to Dime Square. We're going to get martinis. 
We're going to Dime Square. We'll get some Greek food at Kiki's, and we'll go to Dime Square Ooh, for martinis. Greek food's my fave. Oh, that's the night. Kiki's, martini at the, at, um, at the hotel. Dancing, dancing disco at, dancing. At Parkside. That's the night. Ugh. Wait, let's actually do this. Okay. Gorgeous. Great. Okay, love you, bye. Love you. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Going Out with Jake Cornell. If you could please go and rate and review us on whatever you're listening to this on, that would be really gorgeous for me in a huge way. So thank you. And now for some credits. Going Out with Jake Cornell is recorded in New York City and produced by Keith Beavers and Katie Brown. The music you're hearing is by Darby Seasai. The cover art you're probably looking at was photographed by M. Cooper and designed by Danielle Grinberg. And a special shout out to Vinepair co-founders Josh Mallon and Adam Teeter for making all of this possible. 